It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Now when they see us in the streets, all they want to do is take pics, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, and when okay. they hear us on the beat, all they want to do is make hits, and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And if you're feeling how I'm feeling, now the world should be perfectly, I'm fire like a third degree, and suddenly, shot it, we got so high, fire Skateboarding down at Washington Square, looking for quarters, maybe a Florida falafel for dinner. Uh, I'm so broke, man. Scholarship apology. Facebook messages from college kids who hollering. Girls like, we love you. We go to LSU. You gotta do a show so we can come and molest you. <laughs> this rap stuff is magic. I used to get called Oreo and faggot. I used to get more laughs when I got laughed at. Oh, you got a mixtape? That's fantastic. But everybody thought it was jokes, though. They have right. The joke is, I got flow, so don't ask. Like, you ain't sitting there with your friends like, it can't be. I know Donald Glover, he weak, man, he can't be. I'm still not down, but I up the ante. Me and hip-hop, that black Sid and Nancy. Now when they see us in the streets, all they want to do is take pics. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, and when okay. they hear us on the beat, all they want to do is make hits. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. And if you're feeling how I'm feeling, now the world should be perfectly. I'm fire like a third degree. And suddenly, shawty, we got so high. to make hold the footsteps you following especially when your niggas look like carlton the pretty girls using skin so soft only be liking black dudes with their hats broke off nigga you act too soft fuck you i'm from the projects my mom was just working to give me options no live shows because i can't find sponsors for the only black kid at a suvian concert yeah so what you gonna do man you don't speak to the hood man if i was given one chance i think i could man these black kids want something new i swear it something they want to say but couldn't because they embarrassed all i do is make the stuff i would like reference things I want to watch reference girls I want to bite <laughs> now I'm firefly like a burning kite and use a fake fuck like a fleshlight even dudes who like me straight looking at me crazy like how the hell you drop an EP and meet Jay-Z girls who used to tell me I ain't cool enough now text me pics saying you can tear this up 
like shades, big rams, and jewelry. But getting time of day from a model is new to me. Being me isn't as hard as it used to be. Now everyone sing the chorus, man. You do it so beautifully. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And when okay. they hear us on the beat, all they wanna do is make hits. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And if you're feeling how I'm feeling, how the world should be perfectly, I'm fire like I'm third degree. And suddenly, shot it, we got so high. Now Folks, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. We have already hit Thursday, and if it's Thursday, that means on Wednesday, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills aired, and oh boy, folks, did it air indeed. I've already watched it two times, and I haven't even taken notes yet. I just let it wash over my body. Just, um, <laughs> look at my life. Look at my life. There were so many things, you guys. It chills gives me chill. I'm scared this week's Real Houses Beverly Hills recap is going to be three hours. I could do an hour on Lisa Rinna and that damn bell alone. My God, if, if Lisa, if I had do one thing, we need to get Lisa Rinna arrested. And we she should never be able to operate some kind of bell ever again in any of our lives. Our kids aren't safe. I don't have kids, but I know if I did, they would not be safe from Lisa Rinna. I, 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 my heart goes out to anybody with a family, just knowing that Lisa rents out there on the streets, but oh my God, what did you guys think? Chills. I've never had an hour go by so fast in my life. Uh, that's probably not true, but it felt true. It felt true when I said it. Uh, I hope you guys had a, a good day and you're having a good week, man. So the world is just so crazy. I hope to give you some laughs today and we got, we got great. We got two amazing guests and we're just going to get into the guests here so i can get back to preparing for my real housewives of beverly hills recap i really truly am i look forward i i look forward to it and at the same time it's like a tiny bit of pressure because i want to do so good for you guys and i don't want to blow it and when you have this good of material to talk about you're just your your mind just goes in so many different directions it's so exciting um i did want to say really quickly uh, you know, obviously this is not a political podcast, uh, and, and you're probably groaning even just by me saying that sentence, but, you know, I was reading what's going on there over there in Texas today and, you know, take a look, read for yourselves, see what that, but, you know, the only reason I bring it up is that we've talked a lot about the free Britney movement on this podcast. And one of those things was that Britney said she didn't have free agency over her own body, that her dad, um, would not let her remove her IUD. You know, and this is a, a you know a, a lady that's close to forty years of age. She was not able to remove her IUD because of what her dad said. Now, a lot of that is similar to what is potentially going to happen in Texas, is where women in Texas would not have agency over their own bodies. Now, of course, abortion is always going to be a very, very complicated, very serious issue. Um, but it does scare me in a day and age where. You know, if people are fighting over whether to get a vaccine or whether to even wear masks. 
and people are, are, are able to choose for themselves if they get a vaccine or not. It shocks me that, that, that women of all people, women would not be able to have the decision over their own bodies. Uh, I think this is something that should be disturbing to men, women, all of us. Um, it really is. And, and it's, I know it's a huge issue, but it's something I've been thinking about all day. Uh, and, and just my heart goes out to, I don't know, there's just so much going on in the world right now. I really have no answers for it. It's just something that kind of took me back, um, because I think we've come so far and, uh, life is complicated. We see that even with these stupid reality shows, real houses of Beverly Hills. I see people not being able to make their minds up about Erica Jane, something that I think is so obvious, I think it's so obvious what's going on, but at the same time, you realize that everybody has their way of looking at things, their way of operating. And, uh, just because I feel something about something doesn't mean that it just magically happens is that we got to fight for these things. We've got to, uh, fight for people that sometimes can't fight for themselves. We got to stand up. We got to do what's right, you know? And, and I'm not saying what is right in this case, even though I think you firmly know what I believe. Um, but it's just one of those things that we always have to keep aware of. Uh, I think our time on earth is, is, is so short and we've got to really, um, you know, raise our voices very loud for the things that we're passionate about. And that's why I, I raise it this loud for reality shows. I'm very passionate about reality shows, you guys. Um, also, uh, that 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 was a beautiful mashup. Um, Donald Glover uh, or, you know, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. But it was uh, it was mashed up with uh, Boney Vare, Justin Vernon, uh, Justin Vernon's band, who Boney Vare, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much I love Boney Vare. Uh, and that song that they mash up with it. I remember it. It was such a personal memory. I went to Coachella the, uh, the, the year I got separated and it was getting a divorce and I went with my usual Coachella crew and it was a, a Saturday night right before Lady Gaga performed on the main stage and Bon Iver played. And it was just this really beautiful thing. And this is why I love music is that music doesn't have to just be balls to the wall fun is that music can sometimes come to you where you're at. And it was just such a horribly sad, depressing year. And I saw that performance and there was something so cathartic about it. It was just like, it, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I wasn't heaving sobbing, but I mean, I might've been internally, but it was so, it was, it was like kind of this thing where it was like, okay, things will be okay. It was like this really nice sign. I was with all my best friends and I was watching this beautiful music and it was a Saturday night and it was right before I saw Lady Gaga, which was the opposite of Bon Iver. It was just super fun, but it was just this really beautiful moment of, okay, I'm still breathing. I'm still on this earth. I still get to, uh, to live another day. And that's what it's all about. That's the only serious thing I'm going to talk about in this podcast, because we're going to go right to a guest and it's going to be super funny. And I, I hate to have set up two amazingly funny podcasters <laughs> with that serious of an intro, but you know what? We're family here. It's going to happen. And I'm going to be so insanely crazy tomorrow with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that I'm just going to, uh, I was just a little serious there. It's fine. Anyways, today, you guys. What a treat. And this is what's cool about being with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Productions is that these are label mates of mine, uh, these two 
women, and they have a hugely successful podcast called Sinisterhood. Now, this really is a very successful podcast, but when I talk about this in this uh, podcast itself is that it's so great about podcasting is that there are so many different crevices. Yeah, I said crevices of podcasting that you might not have any clue who these ladies are, even though they're huge. You guys, they're going out on tour soon. They kick ass. Their fan base is huge and passionate. It's just like you guys. And I look up to these ladies so much. And uh, like I said, the podcast is Sinisterhood. Uh, the two ladies are Christy Wallace and Heather McKinney. And you got to realize, folks, when I go into these things, I've listened to the episodes and I've done some research, but I've never met them and they couldn't have been nicer. And you'll hear about like 30 minutes in, we kind of settle in. And that the last half hour of this thing, I, I just didn't want it to end. I was having such a good time. And they promised that we would get on a text thread together. And Heather, Christy, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the text thread happen yet, but I know it's coming, but we've got to, uh, I think you're going to fall in love with these ladies. Uh, their podcast is true crime, mysteries, spooky stuff. But today we talk about a lot about Erica Jane. We talk about Jen Shaw. We, tr you know, it's interesting what they're talking about is starting to converge on what we talk about over here. We talk about the free bit, Britney, uh, the free Britney movement. We talk about Nixium with Keith Raniere. And, uh, I just, I can't recommend these ladies enough. Um, so here we go. Uh, remember Friday, get your friends, get, you know, maybe listen to the real housewives of Beverly Hills recap around a fire, get some sh nice Chablis going, maybe a Pinot Grigio and just enjoy it as a family. Cause I'll be working all day on that tomorrow. But right now, please welcome Heather and Christy from the podcast Sinisterhood. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am so excited for our next guest. Uh, they really are truly doing uh, amazing work, and it's it intersects exactly in what we're talking about with housewives lately in the terms that they're all criminals. <laughs> or they're turning into <laughs> criminals. Right. Uh, but you probably know our next guest already. If you don't, you are about to fall in love with them because uh, like I always say, I make the 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 the, the fart jokes. These people actually do <laughs> research. These people are, this is like, this is amazing. You were going, but you're also going to fall in love with them. And I can't we wait to find out. We do fart jokes too. We love don't a good worry. fart joke. Don't to worry. be fair, yeah. let me have something. Can I have <laughs> okay. at least yeah. fart jokes? Yeah. I mean, you guys well, are doing heavily that, yeah. research thing. The podcast, <laughs> you guys, is called Sinisterhood. Uh, so, they are Dallas-based comedians and friends, Christy Wallace and Heather McKinney. But this podcast, you guys, if you don't know about it, it focuses on a different true crime, cult, or creepy topic each week. We love creepy over here. Uh, but you don't know that they are actually going on tour soon. They have a kick-ass Patreon. And they really do. They, I mean, just in the last couple episodes alone, which I listened to, they did a part one of the Murdoch family murders, which part two should be coming out soon. The Havana syndrome. And last but not least, they've done multi-parts on Erica Jane. So uh, <laughs> ladies from Sinisterhood, welcome to the show. Thank you so Thank much you for being so here. Much. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. us. What an introduction. Well, that was so nice. Well, I mean, how the heck? Well, first off, too, I just uh, in all uh, uh, transparency, we're now from the same uh, label, Cloud 10 iHeartRadio. So yes. this is like Jay-Z Jay and Kanye label mates. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. True. Do you want to be Jay-Z or Kanye? Oh, Jay-Z. No, no, no. Jay-Z. Jay I do not want to be. Okay. Then we're Kanye all Jay-Z. Cool oh, Kanye has a cool house in the middle of the stadium. That's convenient to get to the football game. So I want them. <laughs> Wait, have you, did you guys ever see the house he built for Kim? And it looks like the, the like a haunted house. Like there's no Whoa. furniture in it. That's it no. Just looks, 
but I'm it's, going to immediately after oh, we're finished. Amazing. Go look in Architecture <laughs> Digest, and it's like, the, and it's just like there's like not a lot of furniture because there's supposed to be open spaces, and it's eventually it's a you guys will museum. <laughs> exactly, it's like so scary. Um, to start off with, I guess is I want to know how you guys got started because this is never anybody in anybody's plan book of like let's start a podcast. And let's have it be about uh, murders and crimes and things like that. How does that even get on the agenda? Well, well Chrissy put the she put the word out on Facebook, and I answered. <laughs> that thing, yeah. Facebook, jeez. Well, not just to anybody. No. Heather and I met at Dallas Comedy House, where we both performed improv comedy, and I was I've we both always been into creepy stuff, true crime, conspiracy theories, and shortly after I had my daughter, which was about three and a half years ago. Now I was really bored and on maternity leave and said to my husband, is there such thing as like a book club, but instead you just <laughs> sit around and talk about murders and cults. <laughs> and he said, I don't know, but you should probably start that. So I put the word out on a comedy Facebook page and Heather was like, I'm down. So when we first met up, we did not know that we were recording a podcast. Like you said, we kind of just were messing around. And then we started saying, hey, maybe we should put some structure to this and kind of figure out a format. And it just kept morphing over time to where it is right now. How long has it been going on now? Uh, Three years. Of, yeah, May yeah. 2018. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, but I'm just saying like the journey of that, you can't possibly imagine when you're meeting up off of Facebook. I mean, by the way, might be the only good thing that's ever come out of improv first off is no, is, we are diehard improvers. Well, I mean, I, I done UCB ground leans, oh, all that stuff. And like, I'm, I, but it's, I was talking to my friends the other day is that like the pandemic has to hit improvisation yeah. harder yeah. than anything else, because, you know, you would go to, I would do 10 o'clock shows for like four people and mm -hmm. you're just like mm -hmm. inviting people on Facebook and like apologizing to your friends for making them come to <laughs> the improv. Best, the right best now? improv shows when there's more people on stage than are in the audience. <laughs> yeah. But that like, is 90% yeah. hey of improv. There's a single couple that's like eyeballs like what, what is happening? These have I done? climbing yeah. on each other. And the, first day one, ever, and I'm then one's like one's like yeah. I need to overlap because there's Always. nobody yeah. here. You know? I'm that <laughs> person that's like slapping my knee. I'm very too supportive. Um, but, no, but you're right. We, when we got going, we it was a fun bit when that we did with friends. I was working at a large law firm doing private equity law, and this I would run after a show or after a show after a shift at work. You know, when I was done at work or when I had a break at work because pretty much when you work at a law firm, you work all the time, and would run to a studio that a friend of ours lent us to just meet Christy and record, and then more and more I would sleep less because I was working harder on the podcast and harder and harder. And then once we got to the point that we're like, okay, we're going to build this thing. I was able to then focus my full, the reason why I went to law school is to analyze celebrity crimes. Right. So um, <laughs> I love, I love that you're the, you're the profession that everybody studies for years and years is just aiding in the podcast <laughs> and right. being able to break down. But I was talking about this and I know I love that you guys started intersecting with and welcome to you're going to be doing Bravo until the day you die, because it's all criminals now all the time. Right? So you got Jen Shaw from Salt mm -hmm. Lake coming out. We're going to do that one soon. Yeah. Oh, get and and you guys, I saw the uh, first episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake season two, Did you? and it starts with I mean, I, I can't it's just you're you're going to have a field day with the Jen Shaw <laughs> stuff. Wait. Um, but it really is incredible. And I just don't want to over like um, uh, blow by that of just how 
amazing how big of an audience you guys have gotten now where you're actually going out on tour. I mean, that really is like podcasters are outselling like bands that I love. We would love to do that. Yeah. Our, our dream is Madison square garden. (laughs) Totally sold out. That is our dream. What if I follow you around like the grateful dead, you know, I just go town to town. I would love that. (laughs) Camp out in the parking lot and sell grilled cheeses. Isn't that a fish thing? That's what people do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh man. They did the Manson murders tonight. You guys, they killed it. Yeah. It's funny though. Cause like you said, we didn't know we would get such a big audience. So we told some pretty uh, revealing, Christy more than anyone, but yeah. I said some things that I would not say to my boss. And then one of you know, pri- previously, and one of the partners said, "Oh, I had my teenage son listen to your show," and I was like, "I talked about <laughs> getting to first base with someone, oh. and how oh. I didn't understand what that was." And your son doesn't need to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. I, I talked the other day. It was like one of my uh, I, I had hooked up to the song Crash by Dave Matthews Band and oh, I had, same, in, same. in like a in a in a theater that I was supposed to be cleaning and I put that out and my parents friends listened to it and yep. they said uh, you're you're saying some really uh, off color things on that podcast of yours you know yeah it's like who knew you're so sexy yeah um so uh in 3 years though like you really have built this awesome like ship that is kind of and covid I imagine for you guys as well and I think you you talked about this before it probably took a second to get your footing, but at the same time, then once you did, it had to have taken off even more. I think it did yeah. help with the audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, because we used to re- where Heather is right now. For those of you that can't see, she's in the studio at her house. It's a I- beautiful studio, by the way. She has like this robotic arm for a microphone. You guys, it's awesome. <laughs> we um we live about five minutes away from each other, so I would just go over to her house and we would record in the same room. But when COVID hit, we started recording separately. But from an audio standpoint, because my husband is our producer, it's much easier to edit our audio now that we're not in the same room because our mics don't pick each other up. So he can mute one of us if the other one is having audio issues and stuff. So from that perspective, it has it has gotten easier. But yeah, at when it first hit, it kind of took us some getting used to of not being in the same room and having to do stuff from Skype. And but I feel yeah. like I feel like we've got it down down now. So it's we got a good system now. It's fun when people tweet us and they're like, I'm binging and I just hit the March 2020 episodes and you guys sound so hopeful or like the, the fall of <laughs> yeah. 2019. Yeah. Like in the fall of 2019 episodes, you were so excited about 2020 and I'm crushed for you in advance. And I was like, yeah. go back in time and warn us. Yeah. I feel like everybody had that moment, even in life mm-hmm. of like 2020 is going to be the year that everything. And then, yeah, yeah. And then like everything, but it's weird with uh, the pandemic is that you, like, I can't tell if my life has completely fallen apart because that's COVID or because that's my life. Like, you, yeah. you know, you, like, everybody has an excuse to blame it on, you know? Sure. Yeah. True. And everyone thought, oh, well, if I ever just had like a couple weeks to just do nothing, my house <laughs> would be so organized and I would get written. You're like, that wouldn't it? That wouldn't no, it? Because no. my house is still a shit show. Yeah. yeah I just live in the two years now in <laughs> well, no, isolation. That's- I'm so disappointed. It turns out like with all that time, I would do nothing. Like I didn't even yeah. binge watch TV. Like I watched the news. I kept expecting like they're yeah. going to cure this thing overnight and I'm going to be watching it when it happens, you know? Yeah, exactly. And now the office like, space guy. Nah. I wouldn't do shit. I'm just going to sit there. I'm yeah. so disappointed in myself. Like, <laughs> I'm like, like I'd be, I knew I'd be that guy. I'm yeah. already watching Bravo all the time. Yeah. 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 Now you just get to watch um, it. Okay. So 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, and sometimes you get paid for it potentially. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, so this is a very, like you have dark disturbing topics, but you guys take it through with like a really, uh, you're not ever making fun of these things, but you do have really good senses of humor that I think helps walk the audience, uh, through these kind of horrific stories sometimes, uh, was that the goal the whole time? Has that taken a second to actually find, uh, the vibe of this show for you guys? I think it's good because we haven't shoehorned ourselves to where we're only going to discuss crime. So we'll talk yeah. about the Erica Girardi is white collar crime. We'll talk about, you know, an alien abduction, a cryptid, uh, Havana, Havana syndrome. Havana, yeah. yeah, exactly. Havana syndrome, Y2K, Mandela effect, things that are like phenomena, creepy phenomena. And those episodes usually lend themselves to you can make a lot more jokes in Goat Man than you can in mm-hmm. an episode where there's been a horrible tragedy. And so we usually kind of preface those other episodes and say, listen, we're really going to dig in. We're going to do a lot of analysis in this episode. It's not going to be a funny one just to put it out there, you know, just to manage audience expectations. Um, and then understand that if there is any side discussion or whatever, it's obviously not going to be directed at the victims or at what happened, or even, I mean, we even shy away from, you know, making fun of the perpetrators because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, they they've done something horrible that, you know, discounting them as, well, they were just a loser. Well, that's a loser that took someone's life, you know? So I think we try to be thoughtful. Um, and you know, just having experience firsthand working with victims of crime, both of us, um, in our other profession, our non-podcasting profession, I think we're particularly sensitive to stuff like that. But then, man, we, when we did a three part on Ted Bundy, we were like so emotionally exhausted after it that we did one about clowns afterwards. And it was just (laughs) very funny. Yeah. (laughs) And we were like, we just said potentially scarier than Ted Bundy. If you think about it, honestly, yeah. We were gonna be like, this was gonna be silly because we can't right now. And so yeah. and it was just really wacky off the wall funny. And because we it was kind of like that release of tension after we did a lot of deep digging into this pretty huge true crime story. That's what and I was our audience ask. likes that too. Mm-hmm. They like the break too of like you know, I mean, some people want to hear just like the most gruesome murders all the time, but I think for everyone's mental health to have that kind of palate cleanser every now and then is and the audience has kind of figured out our formula where it's like three true crimes, then like a cryptid then a mystery, then we'll go back to true crime. So we kind of give everyone a little break. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, and podcast audiences are so special. They're so passionate and they really mm-hmm. get like I, mine is, and I know your guys, your guys are where they just, they really just pay the, the only thing is sometimes they'll be like, you're chewing on the mic or you're breathing too heavy <laughs> in the mic. Like they're also like the most critical of yeah. like sat, like they're, it's like Quincy Jones in there. They're like, I hear a ticking. <laughs> I'm pointing, point. I'm pointing to my co-host. We, we rarely have those things because Christy said she has bat ears and she can hear like a child is in a well six miles away. Like <laughs> anything on the, yeah. so we, that's another good thing. Like we were recording last night and that my chair squeaked. I, I probably need to get a new chair. And she said, your chair squeaked to just remind me. And then I was trying not to shift, but in theory, because we're in two separate rooms, if I'm not talking and my chair squeaks, we can just edit it out. So it is a very crisp uh, audio sound. I would no, it sounds beautiful. I would challenge yeah. people to hear something that she didn't already catch. And if, if you do, tell me because it will drive me, it'll drive me bonkers. Well, it'll if you like... did catch it, because we couldn't edit it out. She heard it, but we yeah, couldn't fix it. Exactly, yeah. Now I'm picturing some kind of like, uh, Paul is dead on a Beatles record if you play it backwards <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, secretly. Um, has there a, a couple more questions before we get into like some some actual stories? Is that has there ever been a story? I guess 
how do you guys go about uh it's like bands how do you go about choosing what's on the album how do you go about like and do you guys disagree uh with each other sometimes i'm like i'm not covering that like how does that that process go for you guys we get a ton of listener suggestions we have we now have a database and we like to pretend like we're in the CIA. So we refer to it as the database. Heather made, Heather's very into spreadsheets. So she made a beautiful spreadsheet where everything's categorized and alphabetized. So we have probably 5,000 suggestions in there. So we would never have to think of another topic on our own if we did not want to. But we, we, as far as what we don't cover, we really shy away from anything involving children it's just too taxing mentally for us to research because we do so much research and read so much stuff that it's not just like listening to an hour podcast about something like that. It's 40 hours of research on our end. So that's stuff we shy away from. But other than that, we're, we're pretty open. We don't personally disagree on subjects. We're, I think because of our improv background and that we're best friends, we yes and we mm-hmm. yes and each other all the time. So if if one of us is really into something, the other one's like, yeah, sure, I may not have picked that, but I'm I'm down for it, and we always have fun with it, no matter what it is. We um, I just started on our Patreon where our new tier audience or listeners can vote on what they want us to cover. So that's been a fun thing that uh, we'll have our first one, September 15th. So we're waiting to see what they pick for that. That's, that's uh, go ahead. sorry. No, 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 please. No, I was saying that's what Christy said. We we kind of follow each other's fun. So if Christy mm-hmm. will say, I spent like four hours reading articles about this subject, I'll just be like, well, let's do it. Obviously, because mm-hmm. if she's interested in it, then we'll be interested. Or if I'll get tickled about something, I'm like, this is real silly. We should cover this. She's like, which All is right, what down. the next, the next, the one next is. few is going to be yeah. <laughs> something that well, I found that made me laugh. And then something that she found that she was real dug into. And so we're like, yeah, let's follow it. Let's go mm-hmm. because we trust each other's judgment by now. Mm-hmm. But, and that's, this is so heavily researched, you guys. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, you know, they go into this story, they paint this picture. There's a huge canvas here and there's so much detail work going into this. But like I was I was reading the um, uh, Michelle McNamara's Golden State Killer book mm-hmm. uh, last year. And there were parts where I had to put it down because I cr- I cr- got creeped out too much. Yeah, like I got sure. I, it would be, I would be reading late at night and I, I would get scared and I would I would stop. And does that get like that for you guys ever where it's just like, oh, I got to like this is too much. Oh yeah, we have nightmares. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the time. we text each All other the about the nightmares we have. Yeah, there's there's been a few episodes that I think for each of us that have triggered us more than others for various reasons, and usually after we have those is when we'll do a couple of silly ones just to like give ourselves a, a mental break. But yeah, there's definitely been some that have affected our dreams or um, induced anxiety more than more than usual. So I think. For me personally, in the beginning, I wasn't as attuned to like, I need to take a break and like Mm -hmm. stop reading this for a while. But now I listen to myself more and I'm like, I got to step away from this and like binge some Real Housewives or (laughs) Love Island. I'm a huge Love Island fan. Like just. Oh, my God. You have that kind of time on your hands where you can watch Love Love Island is I've never touched it yet because everybody says I know. Yeah, I know I'll fall in love with it. And I hear you it's will. like 56 hours or yeah, something crazy. But it's, ugh, yeah, it goes by so fast. Yeah, but just stuff <laughs> like that where it's just mindless. We both have like mindless things that we like to do that just kind of like chills us out and takes care of ourselves. And uh, the other thing is uh, when I was growing up, it wasn't like this, but it is in the last 10 years, especially 
with the uh, you know rise of like Dateline and all of these kind of I've, I'm, uh, that's one of the starting things. But it, it the intersection of pop culture and murder mystery go you know all of this stuff has really became become a form of pop culture, which is so mm-hmm. bizarre. But it is something like where we all follow it. Like I know, and the audience that watches reality shows, this is right in their wheelhouse as well. Like I will. I will read about, you know, or I watched all the Ted Bundy movies or, you Mm -hmm. know, you watch, there are certain things that I feel like it's part of pop culture's consciousness now. Like, did you watch The Vow on HBO? Did you watch Mm -hmm. uh, Night Stalker on Netflix? It becomes part of this. Yeah, yeah, like it becomes part of this Mm -hmm. pop culture conversation, which I find interesting. But I wonder why that is sometimes of what is it that titillates us or fascinates us? Is it just the fact that anything can happen at any time? We were talking about it last night in regards mm-hmm. to the Murdochs out of South Carolina, that they're a really rich and powerful family. And they've you know, had this horrible tragedy happen where the son and the mother were gunned down in the backyard of their home, essentially. And you see a lot of people commenting on it saying, oh, well, they were really rich or they were really powerful or they made a lot of enemies. And it's almost a safety, like a security mechanism, a defense mechanism of, well, that wouldn't happen to my family because we, you know, my dad's not a lawyer who puts people in jail. My dad's not a a politician. My mom doesn't have a lot of money and trying to separate yourself and explain. It's like, like you said, with the, I'll be gone in the dark, which I had the same thing. I do audiobooks because I have ADHD. And so it's easier for me to yeah, do but, audio. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I would go walk my dogs listening to I'll Be Gone in the Dark right when it came out. And I would, <laughs> there was times I'm like, turn it off, turn on Davis and Harris. Like, this yeah. is a nice, pleasant <laughs> thing. Um, not looking over my shoulder, afraid while I'm listening. But I think when we we want to listen to it and learn, but that that book and this, that story, it definitely makes you hyper aware of, okay, mm-hmm. well, he snuck in through windows. So I'm going to make sure my windows are locked. Or he, you know, walked in through a a back door. So I'm going to make sure I double bolt my back door. So I think it's on the one hand, I think human nature to, you know, rubberneck, like you turn and look at something, but there's some morbid curiosity definitely involved. I would totally agree. And then, but then also I think a lot of it, and and they say psychologists will say, Oh, well with females, particularly Mm -hmm. you want to say, how can I keep this from happening to me? And you can't always, but it's, it, it may be a false sense of security, but I think it's, it's grabbing at some sense of security. To feel like you, if you know how it went down for someone else, maybe if you were put in the same situation, you would know how to get out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it is just that, I mean, I I will, I remember the, the, the golden state, I keep coming back to it because for some reason it just really creeped me out because the fact was this man was hiding in houses Mm -hmm. and he would just be there for hours until the couple fell asleep or something. So you always like, I, you know, I'm like deep into my like way deep into my thirties, checking under my bed, checking closets, checking. And then you'd get up and you're like, I got to check again because you just never know. And I think that, that kind of fear, there is something, it's like a roller coaster in a way inside. Yeah. Or a haunted house. I mean, a lot of people, they like that. I think a lot, a lot of people just listen to true crime because it's the voyeuristic morbid curiosity and they like to be scared and kind of, explore how that makes them feel. We try to be really cognizant and sensitive of not being exploitive of what is the worst day of someone's life and their, and their family's life. And that's why we're always very sensitive to the victims. And we try not to start the story just at, you know, the crime. We really give backstory as to them as individuals and, and leading up because we don't want them to be defined by the worst day of their life. So we, we try and, uh, be 
extremely sensitive to that. And I think that's one thing that really sets us apart from some other true crime podcasts is that, that we are extra compassionate in that way. Has any uh, victims' families ever reached out or anybody like that that, that have? Uh, they have, uh, yeah. Has we, it been a uh, positive experience? Yes, yes. Well, um, was it Ellen Greenberg? Well, they, and just it was a person that runs one of the Justice Facebook pages mm-hmm. just made an, a comment and said, I guess based on their knowledge, I'm not sure how they were related, just said the family listened and appreciated it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that's a case where it's out of Philadelphia, where her death was a pretty gruesome, brutal stabbing that mm-hmm. was ruled a suicide. So her family has been asking for the case to be reopened forever. I mean, literally since it happened. Um, and there were some issues with the medical examiner and the family's currently in litigation. So I was able to pull the filings and review the arguments wow. that the family has made. I was able to review the expert reports that the family had filed in, in connection with that litigation and use that as a basis, because that's to me, that's compelling evidence. If I'm mm-hmm. sorry, like Dr. Henry Lee says something. Thing. I'm going with that and not the medical yeah. examiner who openly said, well, I just changed it because the police told me to. So mm-hmm. I would go with the world renowned forensic pathologist. So we were able to read those reports firsthand and report on that. And I think because those are the facts that her family really wanted to be put forth. Yeah. It sounded like from that message that they were appreciative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we wanted to do is tell the truth, you know, go yeah. dig down. And that's the other thing that we really focus on is first party research, like primary source resource research. So we don't like listen to another podcast about it because that's somebody else's opinion. So we'll yeah. go and find firsthand interviews with suspects or firsthand interviews with the survivors or filings in like with the Erica Girardi thing. I just read the amended complaint from the bankruptcy trustee. So reading those things and then analyzing and interpreting them on their own, that's what we're there for, right? We're commentators not to commentate on someone else's commentary, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that gives me chills though, that, you know, potentially shining a light on things that need to be shined a light on, you know, like I, I can't do that with like, you know, I'm making everybody look into Lisa Rinna and it's great. You know, like she's getting sued for a copyright infringement. Oh, she sure is. Which, by the way, is the weirdest story ever because it's copyright infringement of a paparazzi photograph that somebody took of her and she used in the Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then they're suing her for using the paparazzi photo that she didn't get permission. How like it's like Inception or something. Yep. It's like the subject doesn't own the photo. The photographer owns the photo. I, it's, she, it's posted it with the watermark too. I was like, Photoshop that, like, crop yeah. it like really? Yeah. Come on, I'm not telling you to infringe on copyright. Own it, baby. Own <laughs> it. it. God. Oh my god. Uh, as we uh, so start getting into the housewives and all, what is your um? I guess what is your experience with reality shows? I know you said uh, you watch Love Island, Christy. Um, what 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 is your experience been with? Uh, are you guys fans of reality? reality shows Love do you, do you watch it. any of them she's our reality aficionado so yes i like to refer to myself as a trash tv aficionado i yeah refer I, to yourself as a genius only geniuses watch these shows christies <laughs> i think that really it, it's in a bit like true crime because of that voyeuristic like people are interested in lives especially wealthy people's lives that you know you can kind of get a glimpse into what their day is like, what their houses look like. And then especially when something like the Erica Jane thing happens where you're like, oh, this just got juicy and it's been a sham the whole time. And then people (laughs) are going back and comparing seasons to see what she said in season Mm -hmm. six versus now and where she slipped up. And that's the thing when you have cameras around all the days, it's real hard to lie about stuff because everything's recorded that you say. (laughs) Well, and now can be used against you. And even if it wasn't 
on the air now Ronald Richards is asking for every bit of footage mm-hmm. audio and video for the past however many years that makes me sick to my stomach to think that there would be that much audio of me out there you know and, oh, and is- there is like we could go oh, through yeah. now every one of your mm-hmm. podcasts and piece together something or Make get some kind of backstory <laughs> yeah, yeah somebody has a somebody has a true detective style pinned up thing of everything we've said Heather in their garage it's just I, be, like I bet it's I bet it's Ronald everywhere. Richards that guy is uh, that guy he is, is so on it he was he's pulling. on it but it's like it's almost like dude what's going on like are you okay like because every time I hope it's I hope it's really for the victims at the end of the day because sometimes he's just such a pit bull We're, and I guess that's what these need you know well I mean lawyers are humans and it's Heather always... is Heather is an attorney. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, sorry. Much... We are no, 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 no. Are humans, despite <laughs> the rumors. We are not all demons, but but honestly, I think it's it's a little bit of both, right? Two things can be true at the same time. He really is pissed off because she is flouting this wealth. She's asked, you know, acting. It's expensive to be me. Meanwhile, he sees the real harm that's happening, and according to the recent complaint that was filed, that she's been hiding some of the money that this willful ignorant act that she's really i mean a few years ago she was like i could pass the california bar i've talked to so no, many she, judges i can i can pass, I can the, pass california the california bar <laughs> she's like i have i pinch my i'm sexy I'm yeah act like it's I'm expensive sexy. she's like yeah. Tom, Tom, <laughs> she's like i know everything about the law and then suddenly she's like tom signed all the papers i didn't yeah, know anything yeah. see it's, you can't play dumb and, and smart no, at the same time no, like no. it's like play both no. sides not when well, it's all being recorded and people can go back and show you like, nah, girl, you got to pick her a book, lane. Even she was like, I'm on the hook too. I was signing those tax I, returns. Yes. Too. It's like, okay, well, you, again, you can't write that in a book and then later be like, I didn't even know. She just said on this uh, most I don't know episode, where my house was. I don't know how to <laughs> yeah. open a I didn't, I didn't know we had a Palm Springs house. <laughs> oh. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. And she said, uh, oh, I, I didn't control any of the money for the LLC. I don't know what they're talking about. I, d- I didn't do any of that. I'm like, well, you signed it all. So yeah. and it went through her company, EJ Global, which mm-hmm. was the company for mm-hmm. Erica Jane, the character. But I like that we or she presents herself as it's like she's Lady Gaga or something. And mm-hmm. this character, Erica Jane, has cost more money instead of ever made more money. Oh. It's always been in the negative in terms of what she's paid to present herself. And even when we got all those Amex bills uh, recently in Discovery mm-hmm. or what Ronald Richards pulled up. It showed that they were even paying like Billboard magazine for her to be on the cover of Billboard yeah. magazine. Mm-hmm. Like and that's like paying a talent agency. I was like, normally they take a percent of profit. Yes, <laughs> Clear Talent nuts. Group. I know Clear Talent Group, and I'm like, why is she paying Clear Talent Group when they're supposed to be paying her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you watch that music video of her eating the cat food and pouring milk on the hot <laughs> it's leather, too much. It's, it's one too of the much. worst things. I was I was laughing so hard I was choking. And my fiance <laughs> came in from the other room and was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "He's a video." producer and i was like you have to watch this and he's <laughs> what am i watching i was like this is a professional adult put this on the internet yeah for everyone to see he's like, hey, have you have you guys listened to her ted talk oh no I haven't. oh god i didn't know it's, she did it's 17 talk. minutes and i don't no. think she wrote a word of it no. but she was just like no. and then i created the character erica jane <laughs> like she's always she's acting like she's a performance artist all of a sudden and i'm like you i what frustrates me, I think, as and this ties in with like us being voyeurs, is that I the more I get into reality shows or just in pop culture, it's like I want nobody takes responsibility for anything they do wrong anymore. Mm-hmm. It's right. it's literally just 
but nobody like nobody can admit they wanted fame and then they get mm-hmm. fame and then they have to pay the consequences of fame. Mm-hmm. But no, then then it's not their responsibility at all. And I think I have this weird mis- Midwestern Christian thing where I'm like, <laughs> really, like you, you're not accepting any blame. And it's yeah. it's all falling apart. And with Erica Jane specifically, we're seeing on the show where she doesn't seem to get it. She seems like. Like we're supposed to feel bad that you might not keep up your lifestyle. Yeah, like, her, is that... her two million dollar. I live in a tiny shack in Hancock <laughs> Park, and you're yeah, like, all I do is vacuum. <laughs> I'll vacuum my little tiny house. It's that... the stupidest <laughs> montage of just her. I just have to vacuum because I'm so alone. But yeah, she, the, but the camera right. picked that up just, just nonchalantly. Meanwhile, yeah. some some uh there's orphans that lost their parents yes. in air crash and you you've been spending their money on furs and diamonds a person yeah, who burned 90% of their body and yeah. on their throat Rujimero, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm so sorry but yeah he, and so the the like you said to your point of not wanting to take responsibility when she goes to the Lisa Rinna lip party and goes I'll have the no apologies yeah it's <laughs> and like, Garcelle's what, like what the- Really? She's ordering the... I love your Garcelle, yeah. I love Garcelle. God, yeah. I love Garcelle. Can no. I just also say... Sorry, I'm getting really No, excited. no, please. I this never is, watched... Getting... Also, to your question earlier, I never watched any reality shows, and Christy got so excited when I was like, okay, I'm going to have to dive into Real Housewives. Now I'm obsessed with it. I wrote this essay. <laughs> I write this. You wrote an one. essay already? I wrote an essay about how Real Housewives dovetails with the Free Britney movement because I feel like Ooh. the judgment that the ultimately the patriarchy the male gaze is like women should behave in a certain way and I think Real Housewives is one of the most feminist shows of all because they're acting as wild as they want to act and they don't they don't really have to like I mean in this case I think she should apologize for that but in other situations if they want to get messy and loud and drink wine and do whatever I think that that's we we celebrate that and we should celebrate that because it's not not so many years ago that it was like you should put her in a mental institution for acting. She's hysterical. She's acting that way. And then we yeah. do see with Brittany where that got out of control and somebody got hold of her. And essentially she's in a not in a mental institution, but she's in a very restrictive uh, setup. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say with Real Housewives this this year, or, I mean, it's my first year watching it. And now I went back and I'm at season five of Beverly Hills. So I was that's like, when it kind of dips off. So just be aware that you're going to this, hit like, like hit the bored. desert. You're going to hit like a whole <laughs> storyline about a dog, Lucy, Lucy, apple juice. And then you're going to do <laughs> Pantygate with Erica, where Aww. PK was like, you know, wearing panties under yeah. there. And it's it really gets really bad. But this season Yikes. is the golden age of television because all the characters work well together. Even like I don't I you can already tell do not like Lisa Rinna, but she's <laughs> essential because I think part of these shows is disliking people. Part yeah, of these shows. Sure. Yeah, well, absolutely. because it, I feel like it's wrestling almost where you have heels and faces. Yes. And yes. was like the most heel. I hated Sutton when I first started watching it and I was just watching the most recent um, after a show and I turned to my fiance and I was like, this is a face turn. Like, I am a huge Sutton fan now. But the, He's I mean, like, I, I say, I say, I say, uh, you're not going to take my money, I say. She's I, like, I, I, I own this. the ballet. Yeah, I'm on, was, uh, I'm on two minor ballet. league. I own two minor league baseball teams. Yeah. I I'm a couple episodes team. behind, so I am. Oh, not you, a oh my god! Fan it's now, so, so good. you'll come around. Uh, I I don't know. She was you'll so terrible in the first she couple. Was awful, and then it's like there's a flip, man. There's it was, it's like wrestling where you're like I could never end up liking them. They're the worst villain, and then they find a way. Them, you want them to win the championship, but also the thing with reality TV is they the producers decide the edit. So if True. they want to manipulate the story and the narrative and they're like, we need to get everybody on board with Sutton, we need some we need some good content, then they can just change her edit, you know, and or if mm-hmm. they want to create a villain, well, they change the edit. 
That's a great point. When you guys get to another episode where you're involving this, go to the cut scenes because this mm-hmm. week they, they showed a cut scene like five days after they released the episode where it gave context why Sutton was getting so involved in like hiring a lawyer and stuff is because Sutton offered Erica Jane a loan when she was getting a divorce and said, you know, like, I know you're going through this. I'm happy to give <laughs> you money. I'll say, I'll say. And, and she did that. Ooh. And that's why she had hired a lawyer and all that because mm-hmm. once she realized there was criminal activity, she wanted to protect herself because she was trying to get her money involved. And they had cut this whole scene where it gave it so much more context. Yeah. And I'm like, but also why release that scene at all? Because then it makes me wonder how much other material they're sitting on mm-hmm. that is oh, damaging, yeah. you know? Hundreds and hundreds of hours. I mean, they're filmed, uh, you know, probably eight, nine hours a day. And mm-hmm. we see one hour a week. So, yeah, there's tons of stuff that's on the cut floor that could change the entire story. Well, Heather, as a lawyer, they can obviously request that. Like what I mean, but who's to say that like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is like, sure, we gave you everything. Like, how does that work when you are like you you are commanded to hand things over? Oh, so I mean, Ronald Richards has asked for Bravo to hand over, like I said, yeah. stuff that was aired and not aired. And I think Bravo has an interest in you don't want to that that request isn't coming from a civil third party. He's a special litigation counsel that's working on behalf of a bankruptcy trustee in federal bankruptcy court. So it's at the end, if you go up the chain, really, the court's asking you to do that at any time, too, if there's a, a valid request from the other side, unless you have a good faith reason to say no, then that's you could be held in contempt. You could be sanctioned. And I feel like NBC Universal, who owns Bravo, right? They're like, we are not in the business of defending Erica Jane. We don't give a yeah. shit about her. <laughs> it does seem like the, it does seem the edit sometimes favors her sometimes. Well, they want sometimes. people not to hate her because I would think you would want people to keep watching and go, I can't really tell if I hate her or love her because mm. I really loved her when I first started watching. But now I'm disgusted with her. I just, so if you that's how her, I feel about her. And if you paint her as a complete villain, then people are like, I don't want to watch that show. It's some horrible villain. But if you're kind of continuing to manipulate the viewers, which is genius from a producer's standpoint, Mm -hmm. you're manipulating the viewers to stick around and see what happens. And the same with releasing these episodes. And like you said, why would they release that footage? Well, they have the benefit of this hindsight, right? They shot all this stuff in January is what where we're at in the airing right now. Well, an episode airs, people come out and are like, Sutton's being an asshole. Why is she getting so worried about her <laughs> reputation? Well, Bravo can be like, here's why. Boop. Yeah, to see. Yeah. You know, so it's like they can be, I think, in a way that no, it's revolutionary for television in general. They can be responsive with the information that they release to, to the public based on just public opinion. As far as what they have to give to the court, they got to give them what they ask for. They're like time yeah. travelers. Yeah, they really. Because, are. I mean, they, oh, you really, you really got deep there. Like they're time, they've invented time traveling. They, through well, they, they've gone they through have, the wormhole. Yeah, they know. They know like where we are now, but they have. But like, it's in January on the show, so they can see what like the public opinion and hot stuff is right now, and release what is more titillating based on what they, you know, what happened back then. Well, you always heard those rumors, even on The Apprentice, which I had watched every season of, that Mark Burnett was sitting on unaired footage of Trump saying like wild things and stuff. And, you know, we, of course, never saw it. But you do wonder if there's a smoking gun that Beverly Hills has over Mm. the years of saying, you know, I'm completely aware and all of this stuff. So what in this case? You know, you've done two parts, I believe, on Erica Jane. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was your research process on that? Like, how were you guys just digging, digging? And the the biggest question is, what do you think her culpability is? What do you think she knew? 
Well, we pulled all the, I mean, I went through and pulled all the bankruptcy filings on the two involuntary bankruptcies and then pulled all of the court filings on all the other litigation that's happened throughout the years and then pulled the filings um, from the state bar uh, on Tom's license. And, you know, we went through all that and combed through what happened. And we also watched the housewife and the hustler documentary mm-hmm. um, and seeing, you know, firsthand interviews with the families that were impacted. Very powerful. Oh, it, is a, it was a really good documentary. We also, very smart. Very we, smart. We had to watch all the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I mean, that's <laughs> part of the job. It comes with the territory. It was actually it happened right as I quit my full time lawyer job to go podcasting full time. And my fiance came in from the office and I was sitting on the couch, like wrapped in a blanket watching Real Housewives. <laughs> I was like, it's for work. This is for work, though. But it was because I had, I had I was only reading these. And it's funny because I had the exact opposite reaction because I had never watched Real Housewives. So I watched the documentary. I'm reading these bankruptcy, you know, the accusations yeah. in the court. And I was texting Christy and my friend Megan, who's a huge Real Housewives fan. And she's like, but you're going to love Erica. Like, when you mm-hmm. watch the show, you're actually going to love her. And I was like, will I? Because I had this preconceived notion. And then, you know, Setting aside the fact that possibly she's uh, entangled in this criminal enterprise, she's kind of funny. Like she's, you know, she's witty, I, she's yeah. sharp, she's silly. But before yeah. all well, this I mean, came out, she was my favorite because I had known her before all this came out. Well, you're so. just a huge fan of her music, Christy. You're yeah. a big Erica Plus, Jane. Yeah, uh, I'm huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I give no fucks. Isn't that one? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it's expensive to me. But by the yeah, way, yeah. you do not want to have a song called It's Expensive to Be Me when you're accused no. of stealing money, you know? Bad. It's, it's a bad look. It's a lot of audacity on her part because as far as what we think she was culpable of, I when we did the episodes, we both were like, we think she might know some stuff, but not a ton. And now it seems like she knows way more than than we thought. And we're I, we're probably do an update pretty soon on all of this because so much more has come out. I think she has to know pretty much everything that's been going yeah, like, on. I don't think she knows like she had access to every like payment that was like diverted or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do think she's very aware of certain aspects of this. And also, I the more I get into housewives and stuff, I always just question. I'm like, is there any real wealth anymore? Or do is it just right. people stealing from other people it's like on paper, and yeah. moving money mm-hmm. around? And that's the other thing about Tom was that, you know, now we know this through the California State Bar, this has been going on for decades. And, but we got to do a commercial break here. We, I, If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, 
Join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. I am so proud that we have two sponsors uh, supporting the pod this week. HelloFresh. We know HelloFresh. We love HelloFresh. They're back with us. And then a new one. Get ready, folks. Ready Slim. Ready. This is like made for me. So uh, I got to say, they sent me this about a week and a half ago. And I don't know if you've heard a little bit more bounce in my step or if you've seen my pictures on the old Instagram. I'm looking a little bit more thinned out in the face. I think you're like, no, you don't. Right. But I think I do. I have more energy. I feel lighter. I have gotten better sleep. I mean, I don't know. I've just been kind of hiding in the bedroom from my parents. Uh, and I have been waking up better than I have in a while. Uh, and get this, you guys. This is from a detox tea. I am finally promoting a detox tea. This is a cool one. I think Ready Slims. Ready Slims detox teas are made with high quality, 100% organic herbs that gently boost your metabolism and help digestion while also reducing bloating and gas. Is this, I can, I talk like this with you guys. Can I say that it's reduced my bloating and gas? So I added this to my lifestyle and I have lost 4.2 pounds according to 
my digital weight machine thing. So Ready Slim's detox teas are made with no fillers, no additives, and no laxatives, so they're safe to drink daily. Now, Ready Slim's 28 day detox tea kit has everything you need now this is this is what they call it the wakey wakey morning detox tea helps boost your energy levels to start your day off right and then they have a snoozy night detox tea now snoozy you guys is spelled s-n-o-o-z-z-z-y and it helps you relax and supports the natural detox process while you get your well-deserved beauty sleep. So I'm about to take my detox tea, my night detox tea here in a second after I finish. I'm usually kind of amped from screaming into a microphone. So the best part of Ready Slim is how it aids in weight loss, plus it is keto-friendly. Um, so like I said, I am actually using these. I will keep you posted this week as I do it more, but it really has helped me. And I am always looking, I'm not trying to look for the next diet fad, but as I get older and it's something that I've had to, uh, work at my entire life, because I've told you guys, I yo-yo in weight. I've been big, I've been small, but I'm always trying to look to get healthier. And I got to just be honest with you. This, uh, have you heard about this pandemic we had it, uh, it, it kicked me in the nuts and I gained a bunch of weight during the pandemic, like a lot of us did, but I'm trying to get it off and I'm trying to do it healthy. And this is all made with natural ingredients. And I was like, this actually sounds cool. Let me try it. So I'm going to share more of my experience, but it has been good so far. So say hello to a better, brighter you. And right now for a limited time, you can save 25% on your first order of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus get a free collapsible water bottle. Wait, I didn't get the free collapsible water. What the heck? So go to readyslim.com slash so bad. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-I-M.com slash S-O-B-A-D to save 25% on your first purchase of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus a free collapsible water bottle readyslim.com slash so bad. Wow. Okay. So welcome that as a new sponsor. And of course, hello fresh, you guys. This episode is brought to you by ABC station. 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader. This station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. We love HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? If you don't know, where have you been? This is literally the number one food delivery service. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. So you skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. You guys, for real, like we're getting back to work now and 
you don't want to have to stop at the grocery store. Actually, it is so hard to even get to work or do anything normal these days. Take one of these worries out of your head and just go with HelloFresh. So uh, fall is right around the corner. Oh my God, it's almost fall. So HelloFresh recipes, they have all new fall recipes. Uh, They help you with meal planning, the shopping, the chopping. It all comes in these really cute individual packages. Um, It was actually really uh, cool. Like I felt like an actual chef. I felt like, uh, no, I'm not going to even say his name. I watched that Anthony Bourdain documentary, you guys, Roadrunner. I highly recommend. I wish I knew how to cook, but I don't. But HelloFresh takes all of that out of your, like they have a simple, easy to follow recipe where a dumb, dumb like me can fully do it. This is the other cool thing. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. They have an app for this now. There's an app for everything. So you can easily change your delivery day, your food preferences, your plan plan size, or you can even skip a week whenever you need to. And so if you guys are all vegan, they have vegan meals. If you want If you're meat friendly, they have that. If you're looking for more light meals, they have that. You can customize this. It's really cool. They really are trying to help you out with whatever you need for each individual experience. And that is huge. So for me, this did help because uh, I, as you know, um, I I am not the best at taking care. Literally, guys, I'm living on detox tea right now. But they sent this, I made the chili meal, I made the chicken meal, and it was really good. It was really, I just kind of walked away with a sense of pride. I know you guys are better cooks than I I am, but you can even give your husbands this or your wives this and say, you do this, and it's easy to follow. Um, So I think it's really well worth it, and this is actually really cool. So go to HelloFresh.com slash SoBad14. And use code SOBAD14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. So once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash SoBad14 and use code SoBad14. HelloFresh, it is America's number one meal kit. And now it's mm-hmm. of criminal activity. And like you said, uh, Heather, you know, lawyers take their job very seriously. This isn't a joke. And for somebody to have done this for this many decades, it really became part of, I I just wonder how he um, rationalized it to his human brain, because we always rationalize the bad things we do. I wonder in his, I had an intuitive on who was great Mm -hmm. this this week. And he said, he was just like, I think it's like in, I'm getting a hit on, he thinks, well, you wouldn't have got any of this money without me anyway. So, you know, which I thought is fascinating. I totally think that's what it is. This kind of uh, God complex that you see with really high powered lawyers or doctors. And I think he says in, and they just, they, it was one of the more recent episodes that it was like a flashback clip of him talking about, Oh, I help the little people, you know, when they don't have anywhere else to turn, I help them. So I think he thought even if he was taking too much money or holding on to it and kind of spending it, but really he would give it out to him in his mind. He was like, well, they don't really know what to do with this much money anyway. So yeah. I'll just take it. And then I'll just, or even the voicemail where he said, you know, the judge signed off. We're just going to give you a little bit. We don't want you to go down mm-hmm. a bad path with that money. When he was going down the bad path with the money the whole yeah. time, also, you know, it's not your role as a lawyer whatsoever. No. You're not an investment advisor. You're not somebody's dad or, you know, you're not the court over them saying I'm a conservator over you. You're 
the lawyer, it's your job to take in the money, you pay the expenses, you pay yourself and you immediately give the rest to your client. That's a huge ethical. I mean, it's law school 101. Like don't ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Use my, my, my best friend's a lawyer. Thing. And she said, that's one. I mean, that's just it's right there. For that first day. And it's like a no brainer, you know, it's also in the Bible. The don't steal. It's like one of the top ones. <laughs> what, like, what's this coming, Bible I keep hearing about? <laughs> this is like a bestseller. I think. Yeah. Um, is that John Grisham? That's right. Um, yeah. Tom. Uh, <laughs> Also, the thing I think the housewife and the hustler came out like, didn't they also have different facets of that firm where it was like, we have an investment section where you could invest your money with us. And I'm like, that seems complete. Um, So I'm ashamed yet kind of weirdly proud to admit, I don't know if you guys know that I did bid on items from the Girardi Keys office estate sale. And uh, Heather wanted to. I was, I happened to be on vacation, so I couldn't get good. Well, Heather, we, I might have a box of trophies that you, you might be able to get one. I really, that's what, I, oddly enough, I really wanted like a super lawyer trophy since I'm now a podcaster. You know, I, I we like, have I'm many super lawyer. Well, because he, you guys, he paid for these, uh, some yeah. of these awards, oh, like super lawyers. I, I just them. bought one super podcaster and, but it seems like they, but it's just another thing of a facade that rich people or housewives do, just like Erica Jane Payne to get on Billboard magazine or to get her mm-hmm. songs in, in gay nightclubs. You know, the same thing with lawyers is that you mm-hmm. you put your name out there. You're building this myth more than actually really digging in and sometimes doing the work. But with the Tom thing, it just seems like this house of cards completely fell. But yeah, like I got I got this box of mystery awards. And it turned out it had like some Erica Jane photos of her as a child that we're trying to get back to her. I, we don't I want to talk to her, but I don't want to hold on to them because yeah. it just feels weird. But all these awards and you guys, there was a photo of a girl, a little girl that held up a sign of I love Girardi Keese. And oh. like that. And you just think like, is this yeah. one of the orphans? Is this yeah. one of the, you know, like you. And I'm like, this was hanging in his office that yeah. he walked by every day. And it was so chilling. knowing what he was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was like so cognitive chilling. dissonance of yeah. like, but I'm, I'm a good, I'm a hero though. It's fine that I do that. Cause I'm, well, yeah. this, and that's what we kind of talked about too, was I, we think, or at least I, I was saying he, I think to make himself be able to sleep at night, assumed he would eventually catch up. Like he knew he mm-hmm. was like, like you were saying, it's just moving things around. It's all on paper. Nobody has any like actual funds. And then he knows he owns, owes all these loans and everything, but he thinks, well, if I can just get to this point, then I'll catch up and I can pay these people back. So it's just this whole shuffling of cards to keep up this lifestyle that I think real housewives perpetuated it even more. I think once they got on that show, they felt this keeping up the Joneses mm-hmm. thing and like so many of them do on that show. And because there's like you said, there's so many criminals on that show. And it's like one well, they've all cheated on their taxes, I'm yes, sure, you yes. know. And if you know you're a criminal, why are you going on a nationally televised show? Is it just arrogance? Is it stupidity? Is that- it is it because you just think like there's you're untouchable. And I think he thought he was very untouchable and Mm -hmm. he was doing these people a favor by Mm -hmm. getting them this money. And like you said, he, they're, they, they're already poor. I'm giving them a hundred grand. That's more than they would ever see in their lifestyle. So their lifetime. So if I keep 500 grand, like, which is, and I, I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. I'm the reason why they got so much money in the first place, you know, deserve it. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah, exactly. Like he, he's entitled to it. Mm -hmm. And I think he thinks or thought he was smarter than everybody, you know, that he, because he, they said he kept a super tight 
grip on the books. That he was the only one in charge of the the money, which is not it, which is supposed to be illegal as well. I hear. Yeah, and his he does have a bookkeeper who now his attorney had said in the Chicago Boeing litigation they asked if we call them to testify, will they testify? And the attorney said, we're going to have him and the bookkeeper both plead the fifth. So there was, if there was a circle, it was extremely tight. It was him and, mm-hmm. you know, one or two other people, but they, I mean, the Rojas wives even brought it up at the super secret meeting it where Sutton was saying Fox force five minus. The, yeah. Minus yeah. Erica, <laughs> there's super secret meeting where, yeah. you know, she said the son-in-law left or the brother, you know, family members that work there left. So I don't think it was, I think it was a house of cards for a long time, but the cracks started showing in the last like two or three years. And that's when it was really, by then they were already on the show and it was like too late. But I think it's purely ego of like, oh, uh, yeah. nothing will, because Erica Jane seems to have learned from him because she doesn't seem to, I mean, there seems to be this wire not connected where she doesn't like, it's Erica, it's not about you right now. Mm-hmm. You, you'll get your chance, but you defending or you arguing and in Twitter comments or something, it's like, girl, you don't realize this isn't about, you know, you think it's about you because you're you but like it is so yeah. not and it's making everything seem make make it so much worse because she'll be like it all started three and a half years ago and we <laughs> the know it flew off the yes yeah the cliff, and, uh, and the, like, car, the car flew but he landed there and then he jumped <laughs> off and like it was all yeah. this muddled story where she thought she was dealing with these ladies for so many years that they would buy it hook, line, and sinker mm-hmm. because those ladies are listening and they go, oh, that sounds sad. But in their head, Lisa Rinna is thinking about Lisa Rinna. Yeah, Lisa Rinna is sure. thinking about Scott and Amelia. Like, mm-hmm. so, but Sutton and Garcelle yeah, are like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, can you believe God it? <laughs> you can God tell it's it. like a lottery ticket for her. She's <laughs> like, why does it have to be Scott? <laughs> She'll, but she says his name every 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Scott. yeah. Harry, yeah. Harry, Harry hates Scott. Harry, <laughs> Harry Hamlin. Harry Hamlin. She, you can't just say your first name if you're Lisa Rinna. You got to call everybody by their first name. I do have a, even if they're your spouse. Well, oddly enough, I've noticed that Kyle only ever says my husband. She rarely says Maurizio. What do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know if she likes to point out that it's her husband and she's proud of him, but she'll be like, my husband does this or my husband and I do this. My husband, she really Maybe hits- she can't pronounce his name. Maybe that's yeah, it. <laughs> By the way, I do. I mispronounce it all the time. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, he's, uh, he can say his name however he wants. He's oh beautiful. my God, I get <laughs> it. He's so hot. You're so- He, every, he is hot, but on. he's also a douchebag. I think he's he's hot, but he I, he's he said some very sexist things in episodes before. He and PK both, not- not uh, yeah. Do you know PK and Mauricio are like BFFs now yeah. and they always uh, hit the town. And I always like to think of PK going like, look at us two amazing looking <laughs> men on the town with each other. Oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Um, and Dorit, if you watch and like Heather, I know you're new to this show, but Dorit, there's a lot of rumors about her and financial situations mm. with PK. Like he had a gambling debt, yeah. I believe at the wind casino. And I always wonder if like, like the past couple episodes, Dorit's been like a chatterbox and I'm like, chill out, girl. Yeah. It's going to be you next eventually, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in that meeting where she's like, can you believe Erica would do something? I was like, all right, pump the brakes on judging people. Right. Like, yeah, it may, there may be a secret meeting about you next season. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, So as we, uh, as we get this case and stuff like that, and a lot of people I think have the, the uninformed, they don't realize they're like, Erica needs to go to jail. And I'm like, no, this isn't really about Erica going to jail. I don't I don't think she will ever do any kind of jail time, but I do think she'll have to do restitution. And I think the mm-hmm. isn't the big push of this case, though, of like 
you need to give back your three rooms of like shoes and jewels and all of this stuff. Isn't that really what they're fighting for, for money for the victims? And it's not so much a jail thing for Erica ever. Yeah, right now, the the amended complaint is is asking for a full accounting, which is asking the, her to provide every dollar that went in and every dollar that went out and how it got spent. A ton of stuff was on the Amex statements, which we've seen. And so you that that's a little bit more trackable. And where it was something for a vendor or services, you're obviously not going to get that back. But possibly if you start to see she made a bunch of trips to wherever she buys her thousands of purses or shoes or whatever, it says straight up in that uh, complaint that these items were bought with the American Express card that was getting paid off by Girardi Keys Law Firm. Therefore, this debt is owed to Girardi Keys. Therefore, all these luxury goods belong to the law firm. You got to give them back and you got to pay them back. The the only place really where jail would come in, because she, I, I will concede that she didn't have knowledge of the fraud against the victims. I think she knew that her bills were getting paid by GK because she signed that lottery form where one of the uh, clients of Girardi Keese had assigned their lottery winnings to the firm. Part of those lottery winnings, like 13%, were assigned to Erica in perpetuity. And she signed that lottery form accepting those. The problem is then when the bankruptcy all started happening with the firm, technically those would be assets of it. She allegedly, according to the complaint, willfully withheld that. And that's where you start to dip your toe into the bankruptcy fraud area where you try to defraud the trustees about where assets are. Uh, and then that would be something that you could go to jail for. So it's like, girl, just like fess up, tell them where the money's at and let them deal with it in an accounting. Because the complaint also accuses her of conversion, which is the civil version of way of saying theft. And then money had and received, which is an action where I'm holding on to money that it does not inequity belong to me. And then also of unjust enrichment, which is saying she got 25 million bucks from the law firm for what she didn't perform any services. Yeah, it was a loan, but it was never going to get paid back. So I think for the most part, as far as defrauding the orphans and widows, she can claim ignorance to that. That's fine. But when you start to get into the mess of the bankruptcy part, and like you said, she was running insolvent, the EJ Global was running insolvent. And that's the other thing that uh, Ronald Richards pointed out in their filing in his filing was that Erica, EJ Global, and then the successor entity, Pretty Mess, were like nothing. Like it was all the same thing. Like he called it alter ego theory where she was treating EJ Global and then subsequently Pretty Mess as her own personal piggy bank. So the law lets you avoid liability being shielded with a corporation or an LLC to the extent that you respect that legal entity. Well, she wasn't. She was, like I said, using it as a piggy bank. So the law goes, oh, okay, you don't respect the legal entity. We don't either. Therefore, normally you would say, well, I'm not liable because EJ Global got this 25 million. But Ronald Richards is arguing EJ Global was nonsense, was, you know, it's smoke because at the end of the day, you were just treating it like your own bank account. Mm -hmm. So you're one in the same. So whatever EJ Global would be on the hook for, you're now on the hook for as well. That yeah. I mean, that blows my mind. All of that. That's a, that's amazing. It really breaks it down so succinctly. But I mean, why? I mean, Erica Jane has, I would imagine, top dollar lawyers as well. Why would she even try to be hiding things or argue about the 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 lottery stuff when she has lawyers that are like, yo, this is, you know, like what? Why would she do that? Is she not telling her lawyers the the what's what? And um, did she just not count on Bravo fans and like all that being like, so like, <laughs> the intense, web like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. today's day and age, Bravo meme makers are going so hard oh, on yeah. like all of these facts. <laughs> do, it, do you think she just didn't think about any of this or she did? And she thinks she's just smarter than everybody. Well, I think she hates Ronald Richards specifically because he is so 
and people can love him or hate him, but I appreciate where an attorney is trying to, because that's what I try to do on the show of explaining the really complex nitty gritty behind this stuff in terms that everybody can understand at the end of the day, it increases access to justice because we all understand what's going on. So he is very transparent about tweeting out filings, explanatory comments and things like that. And she is trying to, again, she just on the 30th. So yesterday she filed to appeal the denial of her motion to get rid of him as a special litigation counsel. She wants him gone. The court has said, you're trying to get rid of him because it's basically you're trying to delay. It's a delay tactic. But uh, the, and the court said, no, we're keeping him. He's doing a great job. And now she's trying to appeal that. So I think she did not think that she's like, oh, it's a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Like nobody's going to care. Well, her worst nightmare is that Ronald Richards is very open, very transparent, uh, extremely skilled at explaining things. If you listen to him do interviews, he's uh, breaks it down into really easy to understand terms that are very accurate still. And he still respects his ethical obligations to the court. So I think she doesn't like that as far as not telling her lawyers. I mean, her first set of lawyers like tried to quit and then they changed mm-hmm. their mind. And then another set of lawyers stepped in. And once the other lawyer stepped in, uh, but the initial filing from her first set of lawyers said, we have an irreparable attorney client relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so was what like- was that? And by the way, like, and then the next day, supposedly they had smoothed things out, but like yeah. the fact that that even got out to press would, I, I would, it was so damaging. I would think. Yeah. I mean, and it's a public filing. So it's not that they released a press release they oh, okay. just filed with the court. Hey, can we please leave? And, and journalists are watching. I mean, as we all are like watching the filings that come out in this case. Um, and, but they're not her lawyers anymore. So eventually somebody else took over and kind of substituted in. But one of the articles I saw, I think Ronald Richard actually retweeted it was saying that she refuses to give up this lifestyle just, you know, living in this mansion, driving this. That's, it. That's what we're, fi- I think she's, we're fighting for. Yeah. I think she's yes. a bit delusional in the yeah. sense that she's been living in her own bubble for so long where she wasn't told no. Mm -hmm. And I I think that she has even, I don't know if she could say she didn't know anything about the victims because she was on that lawsuit for the lion air crash. Mm -hmm. So she knew back, I mean, she was sued for that in what, 2014. So she knew some stuff was going on. Even then, I think she probably didn't ask a lot of questions because she didn't want to know the answers. She just wanted the money coming in, but she's been, she's grown accustomed to this lifestyle that she just doesn't want to give up. And it's like, girl, we all want to live in a mansion and have a house. Yeah, in Palm Springs. Like, glam. Like, I even want to live in your small mansion. Yeah. Her has a pool. Yeah, but and, and it's so um, just icky and disrespectful and such a slap in the face for her to be on TV saying those things about my shack, my I'm vacuuming. It's like there are people that like what 80 percent of his body is burned. He lost his girlfriend and the a, house exploded. And, and a, they don't and have any house. Yes. yes. And you are using the money that should have gone to him and you're bitching about that. Oh, and we have all this footage. I mean, even in the, the pool, she goes, you know, I can't hate the pool every day. Like I, you, like we ran the, I never swam in my last pool and we hated it for 15 years. Like, you're like the that's, where the money, assets. that's what I'm saying. It's just so bizarre to me. Then it starts to give a more chilling thing when you go back and look at all the bragging, which is what we celebrated her for. Mm-hmm. Cause we were like, Oh, it's so cool that she spends $40,000 a month just to get Erica Jane out the door. Mm-hmm. And now it becomes sad of just like, wow, yeah. all this money just for a facade. And I don't really know if we know the real you, but now the real you has become somebody that just is about insane wealth. So that's what you're fighting for. Other than clearing your name, you're fighting yeah. to keep some shitty jewels and shoes and clothes. Mm-hmm 
Cruz and Mikey Minden, you know? Well, and, he said- and what cost? And it's not just like fighting for yourself. You're actively like fighting against victims of horrible yes. crimes. <laughs> That's but we finally got her brow beaded into a, a like we, I don't know if you saw this yet, Christy, but a couple episodes ago at the dinner table, she finally was kind of browbeat by Garcelle, I think, or Dorita Vinda of, you know, like, of course I feel bad for the victims. You know, she finally said it, but it wasn't of her own accord. Yeah. And, and I just thought that was so weird as well to, you know, she, it seems like it's a very aware thing that she will not mention yeah. these victims no. or people other than her because she she's a martyr now we're making mm-hmm. her a martyr yeah she does yeah. i would say as a lawyer i would tell her not to apologize though <laughs> like, don't admit liability on the See, air but that's don't but that's what i want to know maybe that's but heather that's maybe <laughs> the thing too is that maybe that's she's been advised and that's why she's yeah. not doing it i don't know we don't know these full story do you guys have about 15 minutes or do you have to go right now no we're, fine. No, we're good okay cool okay i'm just having a good time and i don't want to no, take up yeah, your day. yeah um uh so i'm really curious and that's why i think we're just in this golden age of this reality series and and what it can actually show us because it adds this, it adds this level of emotional weight to it, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's like, Oh my God, this is like a murder mystery almost of who did it. And I don't think we'll ever find out, but it just adds this layer that it it intersects with what you guys talk about a lot or Mm -hmm. with there's this, this like, Oh my God, this is real life consequences. And then, this is just the warm up because then we go to Jen Shaw mm-hmm. uh, September 12th. They got Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season uh, two, and it's going to involve Jen Shaw getting arrested. Now, this is a very different case where I think she's definitely going to jail. Oh, mm. Stu Chains, her and Stu Chains. I just binged I mean, all of season one of uh, Salt Lake City, and we're going to Salt Lake City on our tour. And yeah. I was already excited. Oh, that's going to be a good I, one. I want to go try to see Walter at the restaurant. <laughs> be able to. Not in front of Walter. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, but starting to, again, so I, then that was opposite for me. So with Erica Jane, I knew all the crime stuff. And then I watched the show with Salt Lake. I watched all of Salt Lake City. And then I started pulling up the articles and I was like, oh, she did what? I mean, yeah. she was the top of the, ch- like they're mm-hmm. going for her. Like she's, she's the not- mastermind. Yes, that's what. And again, why did you go on this show when you know that you're doing that? It's just, it's, I mean, it's got to be boiled down to just pure arrogance. That you like hide in plain sight? I don't know. I mean, we're thinking you'll make more money the right way and maybe correct the wrongs of the wrong way you're making money. Like pay off the things that you, because they get paid for being on the show. My question is, did Coach know about what she was doing? (laughs) Because I love Coach. (laughs) I think, well, in the first episode, something is revealed with her and coach that is like really <gasps> chilling. That is, you, you'll, you, uh, <laughs> you're going like the first episode really does not disappoint at all. But uh, it, the Jen Shaw thing is fascinating because it is like hiding in plain sight in a way mm-hmm. and everything caught up with her. But it goes to show you like l- the first season, I didn't understand what her job was, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where it was almost a version of like, oh, well, that Mary Cosby seems way loonier than yeah. uh, Jen Show. So I was paying attention to Mary and I go, oh, yeah, I don't understand what she does, but she just seems like she is who she is. And it just goes to show you, even with Erica Jane, there was like something always kind of off. But I think human mm-hmm. nature, if you know, like you're just kind of move on to the next thing. Most people believe 
people are good people, you know, mm-hmm. or that will, are not criminals. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to realize every one of those. I mean, I would get off this show immediately if I was on this show, because like you said, it's a spotlight directly on you. There's a, a division of the FBI now probably just to watch these shows. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what Ronald Richards said. He said that he has associates, paralegals combing through everything she's ever tweeted, written and every single episode. And he said, I don't watch the shows, but I have my team cut down to literally every second that Erica's on camera and is talking. And he's like, and I use that basically as admissions in court. He's going to argue, you said this on the air. Do you confirm or deny it? And when were you lying? And it's basically going to impeach her, her credibility. You went to law school to become a podcaster and they went through the FBI to watch reality TV. We're all living our dreams. We're we're really doing it. Yeah. um, Well, that's what I was like. They need to do a Bravo law and order doc, like uh, like Bravo law and order. Dun, dun. You know, like we, we we try our housewives in the court of law. This is that law. I would never be on a reality show as much as I love reality shows. I have watched so many that I know I never want to be on one because the editing man the editing yeah they're gonna make you out to be the character they want you to be and you don't have any say over that and Mm-mm. just think about the dumb shit you do on a daily basis and then and you how don't things- want oh, I'd be fired. I, I, i'm never able to host jeopardy at this point like i'll <laughs> no, never be able to host jeopardy me, you know same. but well, for LeVar other reasons be the only one hosting yes <laughs> um but to your point too of like this dovetailing so much with like the true crime genre and stuff i think people become so interested in this because it's not just reading an article anymore. It's like, you're, you're in it. You've followed these characters for so long. And then all of a sudden you're like, what? Mm-hmm. I've known Erica Jane for six seasons. Feel- and now <laughs> we, you know, you feel like you're, it'd be like if one of our listeners all of a sudden discovered something terrible about us and you almost feel like betrayed. personally attacked or betrayed because you thought you knew these people. So it's like, you're, immerse so much more in their world than if you were just reading it in us weekly like you're seeing this play out on tv and so it's like like you said like it's like a real life whodunit mystery that everyone can follow along with but and it almost makes you feel a little real lives well i think it also makes you feel a little bit better about your own lives you know because you're like well I'm poor as hell, but at least I'm not <laughs> yeah. stealing money from orphans yeah. and widows yes. or like mm-hmm. in a Ponzi scheme with the telemarketing thing. You I know? mean, are any of them really happy? Like I've, no. also, I've thought that about all of them. Like they're all wealthy on every season, but they're all miserable. They all have, I mean, not all, but so many I of them like have shitty happy. marriages. Garcelle seems like she's, she's, she's got, pretty content and she's got her show. She does like, she's yeah, she one. gets to do that. You know <laughs> why? It. Because she's not with, a man she's single like anytime they're married they're in miserable marriages their husbands are always cheating on them or they're you know like uh uh teresa and joe like yeah fur down in that whole thing yeah i mean it's just it's wild it just really shows you that the adage of money can't buy you happiness is very true it really does and i think that's the other thing where you almost feel more comfortable sometimes watching these shows now because you're like well you know like they don't they don't have it all, you know, mm-hmm. like this is, I'm doing okay. I'm not anywhere near prison at this point, you know, <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but also I was thinking about like, uh, in terms of a lot of the stories you guys talk about where it is, you know, it could be a crime of passion. It could be something that is not, you know, like sometimes these things aren't planned out and these horrific things happen because of, you know, an inner, uh, you know, a psychological disorder or a mental disorder or something like that. But to me, it's like, that is ins- insanely dark, but then you're like, but it's really dark 
to like steal over four decades and mm-hmm. and steal mm-hmm. from the people you're stealing from or on Jen Shaw's case, taking advantage of the elderly mm-hmm. um, through like, I mean, that is thought out dark, you know, yeah. that is that is. And that's the part where you start to really creep yourself out in just a different way. It's not mm-hmm. the Golden State Killer. But there is a like, how far will a human mind go or rationalize just in the sake of wearing really fancy clothes? Mm-hmm. Well, we yeah. always try to zoom out on our episodes of what does this say? What is a larger policy problem about, you know, whatever the justice system? And in the Tom Girardi case, it really exposed how badly run the state bar of California was, how it yep. was corrupt, yep. how these lower level investigators that were the buck kind of stopped with them where if he got a complaint that they would get taken on a private jet or get you know floor seats to the Lakers game and suddenly it would disappear. And then, you know, you see the same thing, even, you know, with, with cases we have where it's an unsolved crime or a wrongful conviction or with Jen Shaw, you know, is there some type of FCC regulation that should, you know, whoever or the federal trade commission, you know, is there some type of regulation that's missing that she was able to slip through these cracks? Or, I mean, sometimes, despite crimes, people just, they just happen. But when you kind of do a postmortem on it and look back and say, okay, where did this all go wrong? And then what can we then move toward in the future? Cause that, I think that also helps give a little solace to listeners and to us as we research this, that it's not just a hopeless messed up world that we live in. It may be a messed up world that we're living in, but let's not say it's hopeless. Maybe there's some changes. We, you know, it's got good bones. Maybe we can make yeah. some changes. And, and fix <laughs> good, it. good bones. Good and bones. it's not just exploited exploitative either we're doing it for a purpose for for a greater good to try and enact change or educate people i know i just it is it is i just feel like it is just this weird thing where everything is I mean, especially this last year and a half where we did talk about a little bit of the Free Britney movement mm-hmm. and that involves pop culture and somebody, an icon. And you're like, uh, another thing where you're like, man, here's somebody that should be like a close to a billionaire and she doesn't even have personal, uh, she can't even, you know, doesn't have control of her own body. Yeah, you know, like also. drive her, drive a car. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have more freedom than Britney Spears. Yeah. I potentially have more access to more money than Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's really wrong. Even if, and by the way, my take is always been like, you know, mo- even if she does, I believe she does have, uh, um, you know, mental issues as well as many Americans do, mm-hmm. but she deserves to sometimes have the right to get the Absolutely. treatment that she wants to get and not be under her dad's thumb or a conservatorship's thumb for this many years, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. what we said. We talked about on, on our episodes of it may be that conservatorships are good for certain people. And it may be that she has mental health struggles. She's come out and said she has bipolar disorder. She loves to go to therapy. She wants to be properly medicated. But that's not to say that this conservatorship, which is made for a person who is not going to get better, who has a perpetual, perhaps, you know, a traumatic brain injury or a birth defect, or they have a, a irreversible uh, dementia or Alzheimer's for a person who has a treatable mental illness that millions of people live with all the time and it shouldn't be stigmatized. And it, we saw, like I said earlier, it's that old adage of, Oh, she's a hysterical woman. Just kind of throw her away. Don't let anybody see her. It's like, she's needs to get care. Absolutely. But especially, did you read the New Yorker article with Rona that Ronan Farrow wrote? And reading how abusive Jamie was within that structure, structure yeah. you clearly see that this was a situation where 
she had a mental health issue. She was put in an inappropriate structure that then perpetuated and triggered her mental health issue and made her worse, which then just solidified. It was like uh, bias, like choice bias. They're like, oh, well, this was obviously the right thing because look at how badly she's doing. It's like, no, she's doing badly. What you did exacerbated her situation. Well, then Jamie using the, the, the verbiage of she's just a really sick little girl, you know, and Mm. it's like, are you, I mean, she's paying for the majority of your family. Like that, your sick little girl is, and then I was just like, and And she's also not a little girl. She's a grown woman. She's not, she, she is not yet a girl, not yet a woman. No, she is. (laughs) I mean, they're keeping um, her in that perpetual state of, well, Well, nobody can help her like her daddy can help her. And it's like, actually, I believe a professional fiduciary, (laughs) like a million years ago should have been hired because Mm -hmm. he lives in a van down by the river, like, and is taking all this money from her. And it makes you, it really, I mean, he really is, you guys living in a van down by the river. I just read that. I was in a van down by the river and Big Sur this last week. And I was reading Life and Style magazine about him living in like an RV. Like, (laughs) and I was like, chilling. (laughs) Life takes us in so many weird places. But um, uh, I do find that just interesting because we don't know where that case is going to end too. And the Mm -hmm. legal process on any of these things, you can really seem to drag a legal process out. Oh, yeah. You know, is that we can keep her or they can find ways. Because I, I say this so much on the podcast as we talked about Free Britney was that when she did that first trial and she was able to speak and that dialogue got released, her audio, Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, well, in the movie, the judge bangs the gavel and says, you're free, Britney, you're free. And Mm -hmm. then it was like, no, we're going to keep, we're going to keep litigating this for the next year or two. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, that is so, where where do you foresee this headed? Well, I think, again, we talk about zoom out policy we have certain ways that you get out of a conservatorship, right? An interested party files a petition and that could be a parent, a spouse, uh, a sibling even, and that's not happening here. Well, then they say, okay, well then the ward or the conservatee. So Brittany has to file something. Well, she said in her testimony, I didn't know that I was supposed to file any paper. And so you have a person begging for their life, telling you that their lawyer has failed them because in that Ronan Farrow article, it basically was heavily implied, if not outright stated that uh, Sam Ingham was answering to Jamie and not answering to Brittany when his his ethical duty was to Brittany. So she's like, I there's a path out. Nobody showed me or told me what that path was. And now I'm stuck. So I think from a policy perspective, we see and there is some movement at the federal level with this conservatorship reform act, because it is so piecemeal across the states, guardianship and conservatorship law of saying if there is a statement in court or a statement made to a court investigator that on its face should be grounds for reexamination of the conservatorship, not like, well, you didn't fill the paper out that we needed you to mm-hmm. fill out. So you got to stay in this. Sorry. And to your point of litigation, I think Matthew Rosengart, uh, who's the partner new Green, guy. Yeah. The new- oh, Jamie Spears, you're so fucked. Oh, <laughs> that man's, is that good? I mean, that man's job is not to talk about represent, a pitbull. Yeah. I mean, he's, his job is not to represent conservatives. His job is to sue the shit out of people. And he is not holding back. So I was like, I think that's why Jamie all of a sudden was like, I would be happy to step aside, whatever you guys want. Anyway, it's fine. Because <laughs> hey, he, oh, you wanted me to step aside? I thought you were oh, talking about okay. Yeah. Now but if I you notice, Jamie did not resign immediately. He's like, I would be happy to discuss the possibility of stepping aside. Yeah. I'm like, do you mean maybe if they signed some sort of waiver that they wouldn't sue you for breach of fiduciary duty or sue you for it, some of the other horrible things you've done and say, I'll give this up if you guys promise to waive these claims? Because he was already trying to get um, his bond released, which that's kind of looks over his shoulder to make sure that he wasn't doing any, any inappropriate things with the money. So it may be a bargaining chip for him to try to save himself. Yeah. His lawyer's not an idiot. I mean, she's, no, she yeah. knows what she's doing too. Another yeah. very the fa- good law firm. The, the fascinating part of all of this, just like housewives is that a pop star 
or a mm-hmm. housewife are supposed to be aspirational. Mm-hmm. You're supposed, you know, and you're like, I, th- that's the part that just, I keep going over in my mind is that this is somebody we're supposed to want to be, or little mm-hmm. girls are supposed to want to like strive for of like, could you imagine if I take dance classes and singing lessons, I could someday be Britney Spears. Yeah. And you're just like, holy crap. Like, and by the time, what scares me by the time that she is out or is free, you know, there's going to be such a damage to her mental state that oh, is yeah. going to take decades to, I mean, we see that heal. the human mind is so fragile. Mm-hmm. And if you have repeated assaults on that, that, that brain, it just takes so long to repair and, and calcify over, over the damage. Yeah. You know, We talked about that on one of our episodes that, I mean, the abuse she suffered has changed her on a molecular level and it's forever changed like the trajectory of her life. Like she'll have to be in therapy for forever, you know, I mean, yeah. and who knows like where her life could have gone differently, but it also shines a spotlight on if this can be happening to one of the biggest pop stars in the world, think about all the millions of just normal people, regular people that this could be happening to that you don't hear about because they're not big pop stars. Well, I would also make sure you guys don't get too big of the podcast because if you guys get too big, that's just trouble, you know? We're each other's um, power of attorney, so it's fine. Uh, wait, is that true? I was no, like, oh my no. God. I was like, I need to, Maritza, you help me out. Can you be my power of attorney? Uh, by the way, my Maritza Lopez, who works on the podcast, loves you guys. I, I told her I wish you, she was like, she said, you guys, you need to get Sinister Road on. I go, they're actually coming on. She's like, no way. Um, lastly, um, the vow with Keith Raniere. I watched that documentary series and the two other, there seemed to be a multiple slew of, uh, Nixium documentaries, but I watched that over the pandemic. And that's another thing where it was like, wow, a cult right. You know, in the day and age that we live in Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it's happening in real time because as soon as that, you know, happened, we got the court case of Keith Raniere and Nancy Salzman and, uh, the Allison Mack. Mack, What was your guys's, uh, take on all of that? And, and do you, think justice was served um in in the the findings of we the did court case. we did a one or two parter on him and then we did a couple updates on our patreon on that um i believe we referred to him as a hairy schlub was our Accurate. our take on keith Rennie. i'm like i'm like how is this guy getting all of no, these like women and men so and he's, yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah. but yeah i mean but it is very scary that that can be going on in today's age and those it wasn't like the typical people that you would think would be uh subjective to a a cult these were well-to-do very wealthy women you know that that fell under his spell as far as Allison Mack we often talk about like at what point do you stop being a victim and you stop being culpable, start being culpable in something. And while she definitely started out a victim, we do think at some point she, her role kind of changed and she was definitely culpable in the abuse of the other women. So it seemed like she think, relished it too. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, I think she got off pretty light for, for yes, her yeah. role in things, especially she, compared to the sentence he got. Well, and she did give, you know, she helped them convict him, mm-hmm. but also I was like, I mean, and we're not on, you know, on the inside of the, the prosecutor's office to say, the balancing act between how much more evidence did you really need against him that you were able to cut this deal with her? Yeah. Um, what was, you know, I, they obtained a ton of physical evidence from when they abandoned uh, the place they were living in and, and headed to Mexico. And, you know, how much more did you really need to seal the deal? Because she was kind of given more lenience, not only for her role as 
you know, a victim as well as a perpetrator, but then also for, for aiding and, you know, providing assistance. So it's, I think it's hard for all of us, you know, on the outside to look in and say, well, we wanted to see her go down just as badly as him because she maybe not as badly, but you know, more than just the three mm-hmm. years that she got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, cause we're still waiting for, is it Nancy Salzman to get uh, her sentence or did she, cause I know I her daughter right. got off. Her daughter got completely off. Yeah. I think Nancy, cause I know Bron- one of the Bronfman's also got sentenced to like six years. Which yeah. Is she more got than more than Allison, which I thought was, well, I mean, I mean, I wild. guess she, cause she funded the whole operation. Yeah. Right? She, trafficked, or... she trafficked a person and she still, yeah. I mean, Allison, I mean, at least she says publicly she flipped and she, you know, he's a terrible person and she was a victim, but, um, Claire is still like ride or die. She has, yeah, like they still believe in this stuff. And and he, you know, he's like, I, I just, I find that very interesting too. Of the, you know, they highlighted that in the, the vow at the end, like people will still dance outside of his jail cell Mm -hmm. and, and out there supporting. And that's why I'm, we hear like his voice and and Nancy participated at the very end of the vow on HBO and we're getting the vow season two. And I'm like, Oh, please don't give him too much of a voice in yeah, any of this. Wants. Well, yeah, yeah. Cause when you commercialize this stuff, you just give it more power sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and at, you know, we're, we're, I mean, of course I'm going to watch every episode, but sometimes you're just <laughs> like, Oh, don't, you know, like we're, yeah. I guess the glorifying of that way. And I know you guys are very cognizant of not doing that or trying to take things very seriously. Um, Last thing, is there anything you guys, or I was talking to a documentarian last week and he was saying, um, he just did this cocaine Cowboys documentary on Netflix and it was awesome. Oh yeah. And he was saying he always has like five projects in the work at, at once. Are you guys always working on five different stories at one time and just in various states of development uh, before it hits to the pod? Well, we kind of work differently. Heather Heather will work on multiple notes at one time, but she also can be watching a TV show, listening to an audiobook and typing stuff and like she can do all three things at once. I I have to and I think it's because it's her superpower of having ADHD. I have to like either read or write or watch something. I can't like multitask in that way. So usually I'm working on one or two things, maybe like a mini sode and then a regular episode at the same time. But I think you'll, you've got, sometimes you'll be like, got three different <laughs> things you're reading about at the same time. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, what are the next five things? And I can work <laughs> like we knew in the future, we were going to do real housewives of Salt Lake city. So I was binging that while I was researching the most recent few episodes at the same time. So that is, can you guys believe your life right now? It's so good. It's a joke. <laughs> it like, that's what I'm like. The fact that I get to talk about these shows that I always like loved what, I mean, that I'm like the fact that this is, it's wild, but uh, what can we expect with the tour? Like, what are you guys, uh, what, what, I mean, are we just, are you going to just be doing live podcasting? Are there surprises? What, uh, are you nervous? <laughs> well, yeah, we love so, doing live shows. So yeah, we yeah, missed it. We missed we it have, from the pandemic. Absolutely. We've done a couple and our live shows are just like our podcast. We, every show is different. We pick a topic specific to that city. So we have almost all of them picked out and it's kind of like, we explain it as you're like kind of in the studio with us. You see everything happen in real time. The band, cause all, you know, all of our banter and everything is improvised. We don't, we have the script written out, but as far as like, that would be so dark about, if you had noise. all your banter uh, written down, that would really <laughs> be so dark. Yeah. It would also not be funny. It'd be it'd sound very <laughs> odd, but so yeah, we, you know, but it's a totally different vibe because you're feeding off the energy of the crowd and everyone's like reacting in real time. So, so it's awesome. And then we'll be doing a meet and greet where we will 
meet everyone, be happy to sign anything, take pictures, do some elbow bumps. We're all going to be masked and yeah, that's what you we're said. vaccinated. So yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and no, that's what excited. the magic is. Every show is different. So we're going mm-hmm. to Tacoma, Portland, Denver, Salt Lake City, San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston. So there is a regionally specific topic for every place that what's we wrong with to. Los Angeles. Uh, call the agents, man. They're the ones. That <laughs> the- well, are you guys ICM WME? Who is that? WME. Yeah. 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 Come on. I- WME. I'm sure you're listening right now. <laughs> I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll hit California on the next tour. Okay, good. Because I definitely want to swing by that one. And, and uh, thank you. that's amazing. Yeah. But thank you for all of this time today. I really, I, thank I, you. I, my friend Maditza told me about you guys. And like I said, and then, and then I found out you were with cloud 10 and what a uh, treat to actually listen to you guys and see like just what you have built. Like, it's not even just the stuff you talk about is just so right up my alley, but what you built is just so impressive. And I just really looked up, look up to you guys and thank thank you for spending all of this time with us today, because I know this is, uh, this is a big thing when you talk so much as you guys do, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll put you guys, I'll put all the information in the description, their Patreon, their live show dates. But if you, what I love about this is that you guys are hugely popular, but so many people, the world is so big, you might not know about them yet. So this is your introduction potentially. And I think that's so exciting. So go subscribe, go rate it five stars, even before you listen, because they spent (laughs) all of this time with us today. So you know, they're good. Um, And, and you guys, I just hope we stay in touch and, and, uh, but I hope you never talk about me in a story, but I never, only positively. Oh, yeah, we, we will never do an episode on you. But Turns we out that guy was stealing from podcasters <laughs> no. the whole time. Yeah. We'll quote you. We'll be like Real Housewives expert Brian Bailey said. Yeah, because uh, we love our sources, so you can be a source. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. By the way, I geek out on that stuff. I was mentioning Us Weekly. I was like, yes, oh, I yeah. really on, made on it. it. Yeah. That's um, when you've made it is when you're mentioning Us Weekly. That, uh, I yeah, my, parent, just, my parents don't understand that. I'm but just, oh, gosh. I want to be stars are just like us. If I could just be photographed in that, I, I could die happy. You would uh, just be me in bed with like all my food laying around like how did they get in here yeah. <laughs> uh, Heather and Christy the podcast is Sinisterhood you guys and uh, we will hopefully talk to you again thank, thank you. you so much Ryan this has been a blast five four three two one that was awesome thank you oh, guys was so, so much fun. was it okay was so it okay much fun. So oh, much fun. Yeah. okay thank you for spending Betches